right, welcome back to the Basketball Champions League Coast to Coast podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein, and with me for the 2020-21 season is Igor Jerkovic, my uh, partner in crime for the podcast this season. Igor, how are you doing? Uh, good. Uh, it's a bit, it's a rainy day in Zagreb, so it's not that fun to be um, optimistic and everything <laughs> with weather like this, but... I'm going to try and sound a bit more cheery than I am right now. Uh, well, we get to talk about the Champions League, so there's always... Uh, Yay! Exactly. <laughs> uh, for those who might not know Igor, uh, for those who might not have followed the, the Basketball Champions League, um, Igor, I guess maybe just give us a quick rundown of what you've, uh, what you've been doing. Um, and uh, yeah, just, just let people know who you are. Um, okay, so since day one of the Basketball Champions League, I've been the writer-editor, uh, basically in charge of the power rankings, the live blogs, uh, the MVP race, the help side column. So basically, did a lot of writing and editing, as my job title said. And um, over the final eight, I've also been like the WhatsApp filter man who <laughs> kind of read all the questions and got paid to stare at his cell phone so it's a dream come true i mean but at least uh this time i wasn't playing sudoku when i was staring at my phone so uh, it turned out to be a good event for me excellent um all right igor we um we have a we have a different format this this season that instead of uh four groups of eight teams we have exactly. we have uh, eight groups of four teams uh, which actually, and and there'll be alternating groups uh, with uh, groups A through D playing on one game day, and then um, on the next game day will be groups E through H. Um, there was always a lot of basketball on the Champions League game days, uh, with with sixteen games per 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 game day. Um, we have now just eight on the two spread out over Tuesday, Wednesday night. As someone who 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 was very, it was a very intense work of doing the the live blog. Um, maybe what uh, what what are your nights going to look like now? Uh, we for those who who are not aware yet, uh, we will be doing away with the live blog, so you won't have to uh, you won't have the opportunity for Igor's great uh, musical interjections, uh, basketball-wise. Those were always fantastic, and I hope some way you you still bring those in. Uh, but maybe how are you how are you going to spend your nights uh, watching the Champions League? It's going to be weird because, like for instance, on the very first game day, we have only three games, mm-hmm. so two of them are at the same time, and basically, I'm going to be able to watch the entire game. Tofash against Nimburg in the first game of the season and just focused 100% on it, which is completely weird for me because I usually have like four games at on at the same time doing the split screen on two separate monitors and just watching everything that's going on. So it used to be a whole lot crazy. And like once you get used to multitasking like that basically even though you're exhausted at the end of night end of the night you have trouble falling asleep because your brain is still working on overdrive but these days i think like it's gonna i'm, I'm gonna figure it out what to do on game days i'm guessing that 
I'll be more involved with the social media, especially on the Twitter side of just following the games and pointing out what's what's cool and what's not what's not cool about the games that are on. Yeah, let, let's let's throw that in while you mentioned it. Uh, obviously, there's so many ways that you can follow the the league. There's Twitter and Instagram at Basketball CL. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. Uh, Facebook. Uh, also, check out the uh, t- subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, there's the mobile app. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, the email is info at championsleague.basketball. The website is championsleague.basketball. And uh, the uh, all the games are on live basketball.tv. Uh, you know, as you as as Igor mentioned, first game is uh, the the spotlight shines in, in Turkey with Tofas Bursa uh, hosting uh, Aaron Nimburk. Uh, 1800s uh, CET with the other two games being at uh, 2030. Uh, you know, I, I really can't wait for this this season. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be super exciting. Um, you know, you look at this the the format change where you have where you have these eight groups of just four teams, and I think first of all, there's going to be every game is going to be exciting. You're not going to have uh, you're not going to have a, a, a team that's uh, that's been you know eliminated you know like three game days left in the in the in the in the competition in the in the round, um, and and every point is going to be is going to be crucial you know you, you know make sure uh, you look at your your tiebreakers as is always the case in international basketball you know one of the one of the worst things you can do is lose by a lot of points and one of the greatest things you can do is win by a lot of points. Yeah. Uh, talk about that. What do you think? I mean, it's going to be crazy because, like, no games off for anybody. Usually you had teams like Tenerife or previously uh, Monaco who just secured their passage to the next round and then kind of relaxed in the last four rounds. But this time around, I mean, every single game, it's going to be a potential minefield, like... Even for teams like Bucking Bears or Keravnos or those um, like underdogs, I mean, they get one win and they complicate the entire group. And it's going to be crazy because we're going to have some big names not reaching the round of 16, which is uh, not not what we're used to seeing. But it's, it's going to be probably the best season ever. <laughs> I mean, it kind of reminds me of the football or uh, soccer because we use American English soccer in Champions League where you have like eight groups of four teams and complete chaos when it comes to the last two rounds, who can advance, who can drop out and everything. So it's, it's, a good, it's about to be the best season yet, right? Yeah, I mean, like I said, every point. I mean, you, you cannot in any game, uh, you know, give up. You know, you have to play for every basket uh, until, the, until the very final whistle of every uh, of every game, uh, because you never know who you might be in a tiebreaker with, and and you give up. You know, if you have a fifteen, if you have a fifteen point lead in a game, and and you get ch- that gets chopped down to to seven, that might that might uh, cost you the chance in the top sixteen. It's so it's so incredible. Exactly. I mean, season fives are always the best when it comes to TV shows like Breaking ah, Bad. Okay, here we so go. Basically, if this is season five. <laughs> I mean, we just need some popcorn and TV, and that's it. Yeah, we're ready to go. You know, and, and everything will happen by itself. We don't even we don't have to do anything. The teams don't even have to play. <laughs> the season will be the best ever. And it's kind of disappointing that you know we'll have 
there'll be some fans in some arenas. Um, other fan, other other clubs, you know, won't be able to have fans. You know, obviously that kind of depends on on every all the situation going on with with the uh, with with the pandemic. Are there going to be postponements? Very well, could be if a, if a club runs into a, a wave of of of, um, of of COVID cases. Um, yeah, but we don't have to be so rigorous about it because we have another week just between the two games. So basically, exactly. we have time to postpone the games, and we kind of will figure it out along the way. But the season is looking promising with zero games so far. um with the uh mentioning that uh as far as the the leeway the space between game days whatnot um the interview this week is with uh, patrick caminos the ceo of the basketball champions league that'll come up after our our roundup uh our preview of the season let's jump right in um the way we're not going to talk about every team and what i was kind of thinking was Let's just jump in and, and and give one talking point each of us um, on 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 each of the groups, and then we'll have two talking points, and then we can kind of go from there. So, why don't you uh, why don't you I'll let you start uh, with with Group A. Okay, so Group A, the talking point will be Buckenberg's points uh, difference because mm-hmm. the way I see it, Sasari, Galatasaray, and Tenerife can go like home and away, wins and losses. They can split the series between the three of them. And then it's going to come down to who can destroy Buck and Bears the most. I mean, they are the underdogs of the group. And if Buck and Bears steal a win or end up in a couple of close games, the points difference in a potential tie and a three-way tie could be the dagger here. So don't expect uh, teams like Tenerife to have any mercy if they go up against Buck and Bears. So... That's probably going to be the the one thing that we should look about, look after in Group A. Yeah, uh, I think this back and bear teams is is uh, is going to be is is absolutely super interesting. Um, the there's the um, yeah, and I know I know scheduling is, is is the last thing that's that can be considered sexy, but. Uh, you you look at their schedule and they they go away away home and then away, um, and I was and I was looking at their their travel and and so they're in northern Europe for those who have trouble with geography. Aros, <laughs> I think it's pronounced the name. Aros, yeah, Aros, exactly. Um, there there's an airport, Billund Airport, which is about 95 kilometers southwest of Aros. <laughs> they fly they fly directly to Tenerife. And fly directly to Istanbul, which are obviously both pretty long trips. And then the other one is Sardinia with Sassari. So they they you know they have the three road games in the first four game in the first first four game days, and and those are pretty long trips. Um, yes. Actually, that that might be one of the longest uh, trips uh, uh, group of, of of away games uh, in the league. Um, so that, that, that could have a big impact. So my talking point is, is actually, uh, going to be Galatasaray. And I think this team is, 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 is really loaded. Um, one of the things that I really like about this team is the, is the, is the dynamic duo. Um, I watched a lot of Rashon Lezion last season and that combination of, of Alex Hamilton and Jonathan Williams was really dynamic and I really enjoyed watching those and I think they're going to be really good. And then you also add in 
uh, Brock Modem with obviously so much experience, EuroLeague uh, and the Australian national team, a big that can shoot outside, plus the pass point, pass first point guard um, that er, uh, Aris, uh, uh, that Baris says, and you know, and I think this is a, this is going to be a really good team. So I, I'm really looking forward to see how they play together with. Um, with those two guys, Alex Hamilton and and Jonathan Williams. One more point with Alex Hamilton, and then I'm done here, is that he actually played two years together in Louisiana Tech with Eric McCree from Buck and Bears. So that makes that Buck and Bears, uh, Galatasaray, those two matchups that much more fun. Yeah. All right. Group B. Um, I guess I guess I will go first. Okay. Um, I guess we'll finally get to the BCL. Will finally get to see a Cypriot team. Um, Karavnova, Karavnovas, uh, Karavnos, thank you very much. Uh, went through the went through the qualifiers, uh, made it through this time. Uh, they lost uh, in their previous two attempts in 2017-18 season. They lost in the first round, and then the, uh, last season they lost. Uh, they actually knocked off Bakken Bears, and and then lost to uh, Litkabes in the uh, in the second qualifying round. So it's going to be pretty exciting to to see. To see this, um, to see this team from Cyprus, the first Cyprus team to ever make it to the to the Basketball Champions League regular season, and they got a couple of guys that people know. Andre uh, Williamson was with Freiburg and also with um, uh, with Neptunas, Cypriot yes. national team guy uh, with uh, Simon Michel, Michel, and then um, Anthony King is actually a guy that I've. I've Followed here in Germany <laughs> a long, long time ago when we was back in Frankfurt and Artland, uh, and then obviously yeah, he's thirty-five now. Thirty-five, exactly. Playing, like exactly. He's Twenty-five. So yeah, but but that, that type of experience, you know, that helps so much in 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 these in these in these games, and 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 also Brandon uh, Rosel, you know, that he was second in in Sweden scoring and fourth in assists. So, you know, it's a team that is interesting, and obviously those fan that 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 community, everything like let's say it like that. Uh, is going to be so excited to to be playing in the BCL. So what you what do you have? I mean, just one quick point about Kervonas. I didn't have the chance to watch him at the qualifiers, but I talked to a guy who was there and saw everything firsthand. He said that he never saw a team run so much pick and rolls like Kervonas does. So basically, it's going to be fun for old school kind of the basketball fans to see them play. But I don't see them advancing from this group because you're going to see Tofash and Dijon and Nimburg, three teams that will be in the hunt for the round of 16. And basically, like, Dijon are finished third. They finished third at just at the final eight, like a couple of weeks ago. And Nimburg are still the perennial Czech champs and, you know, team to be reckoned with. But I'm thinking that the talking point of this group was going to be because they've got a lot of big-time names. they got a lot of guys who could be leading the league in scoring. So it's going to be just uh, interesting to see can Tofash balance it out with guys who are scoring a bunch of points and the role players. If they can manage to do that, they could be the Turk Telecom of the 2021 season. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing this 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 Tofas team. It's a team that I followed a little bit last year, also in the in the uh, Euro Cup. So, uh, you know, they also have the um, Jeremy Simons, who was actually the leading rebounder in Italy last season. So, you know, definitely a guy who can who can um, uh, who who will play uh, an important role uh, in this in this uh, in this team. Yep. 
Um, I mean, they also signed recently uh, Devon Akun Purcell, who obviously excelled with Buck and Bears, and you know he's a guy who can score in bunches and really athletic and can give us the highlight plays and everything. So low key MVP potential even. It all goes back to Buck and Bears, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the legendary players. All right, uh, Group C, go for it. Uh, okay, we got Ike, Cholet, Hapoel, Holon, and Smokey Minsk. I mean, the talking point will be Ike, obviously. And can they uh, keep their composure all season long? Because they've got a lot of 35-year-olds and even older guys. So if they can keep their composure, they could go 6-0 and in this group. And that's, that's kind of the thing that I want to see. If Ike are... You know, usually they always have trouble advancing to the playoffs, even except for the last season, which they kind of clinched easily. But they always needed that Dushan Chakot a big-time shot or Kendrick Ray uh, big-time plays and everything. So it's going to be interesting if they can ease through this group and finish 6-0. and yeah, I mean, that's. I think that's kind of the 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 big question. I think that's the that's their question that they can actually you know go through go through uh, without a without a without a loss. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Chalet. Uh, I think that they. Uh, I think they'll go through. I, I I like the 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 grouping of players that they've put together. Uh, people know Michael Stockton. You know, is a, is a, is a very um, you know enjoys. Uh, passing the ball, uh, you also have an NCAA, uh, NCAA champ with uh, with uh, Chrome, and you also uh, I also have to give a shout out to Terrell Parks. Uh, went to Western Illinois University as uh, as a as a Leatherneck grad myself, um, and then also uh, Kevon T- Davenport uh, played for Penny Hardaway at uh, University yeah. of Memphis. Yeah. But I, I also there's there's this mix of the of the Africans. Um, that that's really fascinating. You also have uh, Gregor uh, Hurvot, who played in the BCL uh, with Bayreuth two seasons ago. Also, the young dynamic point guard with uh, Carlton Dimash. And I, I really can't wait to watch this team and see how how they're able to play. I know they've started slow in the uh, in the in the French league. Yeah, I think they're one and three. Right one and now. three. Yeah, I looked at that as well. Um, but I, I, this I think is a is a is a team that really I can't wait to watch. <laughs> okay, yeah. moving on. Group D. Uh, that's mine, and um, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Start Le- uh, Lublin. I don't necessarily <laughs> okay. I don't necessarily think that they're going to uh, to make it, um, but. You know, we had Kamil Lachinsky on the on the podcast two seasons ago when he was yes. uh, leading the BCL in assists with uh, with Anvil, that fantastic uh, um, team that they had. And you know, and and you know, he's got an injured ankle right now, and it, it, I don't know if he'll be able to play. Uh, I don't know how long he's out. That wasn't able. I wasn't able to decipher to, to that from. Um, from the Polish uh, reports, my Polish uh, is obviously very rusty, and uh, Google Translate <laughs> couldn't figure that out. Um, but Lester Medford is is you know was brought in you know after actually a pretty solid season last year with Favriga, um, and there was I guess according to those Google Translate reports, uh, you know he was kind of uh, struggling at the beginning. Uh, Lachinsky went down after. kind of went off he had 20 points after scoring 38 in the first 
uh, I think four or five games. So, you know, it's mainly because I really enjoyed watching Lachinsky so much. All right, he's not with Anvil, and obviously, you know, we all know how much, especially you, love Anvil. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and NBCL fans, uh, let's go there too as well. Um, So I just kind of, uh, you know, I really liked Medford last year and him playing with Kuros. So I'm just kind of looking forward to, I hope that Lachinsky is healthy. Um, and, uh, and also to see a new team out of Poland is, uh, you know, let's, let's hope that the Polish fans come out in, in number and, um, and, uh, and watch and watch the league. So what do you got? I mean, I watched Lester Medford when he played for MZT in, um, Northern Macedonia. And he was, was actually part of the one, two punch that was really exciting to see. Like, uh, he played the point guard and had, uh, James Woodward, who's now with Cantu next to himself, so they were like, it's it was a joy to watch. It was a joy to follow them, and I kind of kept track of both of them after they left Skopje, and basically really happy for Medford to that he can find a future in Europe and basically keep lifting his game one level at a time, and he could also be one of those guys who could average twenty plus with five or six assists. But like, I'm gonna be uh, really looking forward to see how our TV guys will pronounce the Pstrolka start. <laughs> I don't see it happening, but yeah. Anyway, like my talking point for this group would be Falco Sombatelli advancing because they mm-hmm. did have a good season last time around and they got a good thing going on and. I really am a big fan of theirs in terms of just advancing to the next round. Yeah, I watched. It's not going to be easy. It's Go not going to be easy because yeah, they got sure. Nizhny, they've got Lublin, they've got Zaragoza, and basically they need to win at least one game away from home to be kind of safe to advance. And that's going to be a trouble for them, but I think I think they could do it. Yeah, I mean, they showed, uh, you know, they were they were pretty tough last season, uh, even on the road. Uh, obviously, there's the fortress that they have uh, in, Hung- in Hungary. But and I mean, I, I watched I watched Kenyon Anderson. You know, he played really well last season with with Göttingen, and, and so uh, and they have you know a, a, a lot of the key pieces back uh, on that team. So a lot of their own key pieces, like Hungarian guys. So that that that's a good thing for them. Exactly. Um, all right, let's move to Group E, and uh, you can go first. Oh, this one is a tough one with uh, Riga, Strasbourg, Rita, and Peristeri. And I, I kind of want to say that Strasbourg are going to dominate this group, but with their track record, you never know with them. They, they always were, when you expected them to be horrible, they were really good. And when you expected them to be really good, they were horrible. So, nah. Kind of putting my expectations on them to win the group, but Ritas are obviously here the the biggest name, and their transition to BCL should be a good one because they seem like they could win this group, and they got guys who could also be in the MVP talks, and they got uh, the kind of the names that we're used to seeing, and I'm looking forward to seeing. Arnas Butkevicius back into the league because he is one of the two guys who picked up a triple-double in the BCL. So he could be the first one to pick up the second triple-double, but he can also keep an eye on the other guy because Chris Kramer also signed in BCL. He's with Jerusalem now. 
Uh, I, I have another guy who I, th- I think is going to actually get a triple double. We'll we'll get to that uh, a little bit later. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, uh, I, I think that Ritas are the team to watch, and just their transition to the BCL and how they adapt to new circumstances, circumstances, and how far can they go? Because they didn't come to the BCL to lose out in the first group. They didn't come to just advance to the round of 16. They came to win it. So let's see. Let's keep an eye on them. Yeah, and then their head coach, um, they have a new head coach with uh, Donatas Kairos. You know, he had, was a um, head coach in Belarus, Poland, Estonia, was assistant coach, won the EuroLeague with uh, CSKA Moscow, also went to the went to the Olympics uh, and was a youth, Lithuanian U, U, U20 national team coach. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Strasbourg. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to kind of, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to watching Yarmi uh, Bocek and see how he's able to perform. Obviously, leaving leaving Nimbrook after so many years in the Czech Republic, you know, really establishing his name there. Um, you know, that that team was so Czech dominated, and and to see what somebody of that level is able to do. Uh, outside the country is uh, is you know I'm really looking forward to seeing that also um, Axel Tupan coming back to the team where he kind of grew up and I'm always a fan of NCAA two guys and this time we we have uh, in this on this team we have the um, the five nine Brandon Jefferson who went to two Final Fours in the NCAA he's even listed yeah, he's even listed at five eight now. <laughs> All right. Um, so just the just those. Also, you know, Andre Lansdown, who we saw, um, I saw that in, in Germany. Uh, also, Ish Wainwright, who we who we saw with Feshta, that great that great uh, story. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, players uh, interesting, and uh, you know, this is then uh, first season for for Lassi Tuvi, the you know who was the assistant coach, the uh, the Finnish. Uh, play caller who took over from from uh, Vincent uh, Vincent and uh, so it's gonna be interesting to see what he how he's able to do his own thing. So that's yep. that's my tossing uh, talk, talking point I, in, in Strasbourg. I got another guy from Strasbourg written in the um, sections that we're gonna talk about later. So just keeping you like this yeah. is the the cliffhanger that I'm using now. Yes, very good, very good. Um, I'm going to go, so let's move over to group F. Uh, we have Bamber, Kashiaka, uh, uh, Fortitudo, Bologna, and Bilbao. And the group of death. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go. And the, the, the way I tied up this was Virtus, uh, 2018-19 2.0, oh. uh, with, uh, <laughs> Ahmad, uh, Mbai and Tony yes. Taylor, both, uh, winning the, the, uh, the champions league. With Virtus and, and them being back on, uh, uh, let's say, still together. This is both their second season with Kashiaka and also coach um, Ufuk Sharka is this his second year. But you know they also have they also have uh, Reimar Morgan, okay, thirty two, but still can can get it done. Uh, Medechan Bersin, who's a, a strong uh, Turkish player. The 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 I don't I imagine is a guy that you you enjoy watching and and anytime he produces you're you you you're you're happy with Samir Erden um, and also the young the young the, the young thir- thirty four uh, so they have the age the veteran leadership and then uh, a young oh, German he's not old he, he's younger than I am. <laughs> 
um, and then and then Mahir Akwaswels. Um, so so you know this is a team that that uh, that I think is going to again. You mentioned Group of Death, and uh, I think that you know the, that that leadership that they have, and now it's the second year. Um, and they weren't able to finish what they what they were working on last season, obviously with COVID and stuff like that. So, uh, so that's my that's my talking point of Group F. My you? talking point of Group F is that everybody's gonna finish three and three. And <laughs> that's pretty. That's actually not too far chaos. off. It's gonna be complete chaos by the end of game day six, and we'll have no idea who went through. Basically, I really don't see it unfolding any other way because all of these teams are loaded all of these teams can play all of these teams have really good home courts so mm -hmm. basically you win away and you're probably winning the group here <laughs> but i mean you pointed out karsiaka bilbao are obviously a huge spanish name bologna brought in a lot of good time scorers like hap and now adrian banks Bamberg are going through their own rebuilding phase, but it seems to be going faster than anybody expected because the guys that they got in this season look like they could continue working on reaching the playoffs. Playoffs, so two everybody will finish three and three here. Um, one uh, to come back to my non-sexy uh, scheduling uh, uh, fetish, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Bamberg, you mentioned road games, and Bamberg yeah. start away, away, and then home and away. Um, and then the other one is Bologna going home, home, away, home. Uh, so, you know, with the with needing a, a, a victory on the road or, 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 or the, the, um, the added importance of a road victory. That's one thing to note notice is uh, one thing to, to notice that Bamberg do have yeah. the, the two road games to start the season. I'm going to look at it th this way. Like they got two chances to pick up a, yep. an away win early yep. on. So yep. when, when the other team like, might not be in, like in form yet. Tennis and the other guy is serving first, you see it like a chance to break him first. So, <laughs> They can they can use their break point uh, in one of the first two game days. All right, uh, same thing we can do in Group uh, G with uh, Limoges, Turk Telecom Ankara, Hapo Jerusalem, and Igokea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, close enough. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it was good, Igokea. Yeah. All right, fa fantastic. Um, we have uh, Hapo Jerusalem starting away away, and uh, Limoges going home home. Um, and, and, and my, and my talking, oh no, I guess you, I guess you start. Sorry. I, I start. Um, okay. So the, the, I really don't know what to say about this group. All right. Then I'll, then I'll, then I'll do it. The, and maybe I'll... I see it. Yeah. The way I see it. I mean, Jerusalem kind of seemed after that final eight seemed like the weakest of uh, the mm. trio with Limoges and Turk Telecom. And then again, like they're Jerusalem they're gonna figure it out and they had the best offensive rating and they kept the same coach and a lot of these new guys are obviously already better than they were at the final eight because they had more time together so I really I really don't know what to figure out like I mean somebody's gonna be really broken hearted here Primoz have a strong start in the French league campaign Tour Telecom are, I, I mentioned them a thousand times and I think they're gonna go deep this time around so I think that their games against Igokea should be similar to Group A games but Igokea are a much tougher team especially at home than Bucking Bears so uh, Igokea could be the talking point of this group because if they steal a win or two they're gonna break somebody's heart 
Yeah, my my talking point was, you know, we have the 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 two biggest quote disappointments from the final eight, if you will. Yes. Um, exactly. And but really, really a, a competition, the final eight, um, that would have been entirely different for those teams if it had, if it had in fact taken place. You know, and at quote normal time, you know, normal development of a season, and, and you know, it was just too early for yeah, both mean, of these both of these teams. Yeah. If they played the final eight um, back in April or May with yeah. everything going on normally, Jerusalem and Turk Telecom would probably be the two teams who could reach the final. Exactly, exactly. That's how good they looked in the first part of the season last time around. But like another talking point, which is kind of a completely non-basketball related, is the new kits that Limoges announced because they're bringing the retro jerseys from the early 90s. <laughs> So pay attention to that, like seeing that old yellow Limoges and I want to say purple, but I'm colorblind, so I'm not going to say purple. <laughs> the other co- the other color of their away jersey is also fine. All right. Group H, we have Dashafaka, Ostend, uh, the reigning champion San Pablo Burgos, as well as Happy, Happy Casa Brindisi. Uh, I'm going to start and I'm going to say... First of all, what a name, Andrew Andrews, and yes. and then uh, John John Gillen, um, uh, six foot point guard, was in Lithuania, was fifth in scoring and fifth in assists, and and uh, Andrews was third in the in Turkey in scoring last year, and I just think that that duo, uh, plus I mean you look at uh, uh, um, Dogs, uh, Oz- Ozdemirigo had thirty four. Uh, 34 points in the season opener. So, but I, I'm looking at that Andrews Gillen uh, uh, scoring duo, and and that should be a lot of fun to watch. So that's what I have from that one. Yeah, you're talking about Darushafaka, right? Yeah. Um, I'm thinking that even though Burgos and Darushafaka seem like the big favorites in this group, I have to go with my guy Darius Verja to do something special with Ostend because <laughs> he managed to force Game Three of the round round of 16. Against Tenerife, so it kind of felt like he already had it going last season, and I think they got a good thing going on this season too. And they have a habit of winning everything, so basically, I think that he can do two things which are kind of unthinkable these days. He can win games and develop young guys like Kev van der Wurderfries and like uh, Amar Silla and the new guy Mario Nakic who's Nakic. apparently playing yeah, he's playing uh, under Croatian passport because the way it goes like his dad was a Croat player but he also played in Belgrade and uh, Mario was born in Belgrade and grew up in Spain. So it's kind of like a trilemma for him because he can play for Croatia or for Serbia or for Spain, and he's playing the basketball Champions League with a Croatian passport. Um, yeah, with Ostend, I think one thing that that kind of needs to be addressed, you know, especially starting off, um, is you know, other let's say quote other than the 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 Champions League um, round of sixteen, the final game there. Um, that 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 will have been their last game before they actually start the season. Um, and you know, there's a couple of leagues that really haven't started yet. Um, Bamberg, for example, still haven't played. They have the first round of the uh, the first game of the cup um, this weekend. Fevriga also. Um, uh, Peristeri hasn't played. I, I think they play their first game this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so you know, it was something that we talked about. 
ahead of the final eight, uh, but there's still the four teams that really have not played much of anything. Um, and, and Ostend, I don't think they start until November, the, the league, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So, right. so I think that could have a big impact on that. Yeah, but you know how coaches usually say, like, when they have a lot of games, like two games per week, they always say they don't have enough time for practices and putting everybody on the same page. But this time around, they have a bunch of time to work together, like, to practice all out, all the details, and maybe it's a good thing for them. All right, let's move to uh, our overtime seg- uh, segment, um, and uh, and let's the first the first one on that is called "Good but Not Good Enough," um, yeah, and yeah. and let's go with uh, what do you want to say? Two teams that you think uh, the two the two best teams that you don't uh, that will not reach the um the top 16 we mentioned a couple of groups groups of death if you will yeah i mean it's basically the group with bamberg fortitudo uh, karciaka and bilbao basically two great teams will not advance from that group and two teams that could go all the way so there's gonna be anybody from that group uh i'm thinking that even though I'm excited to see galatasaray and what they bring i think that sasari are not going away that easily in group a so with Tenerife being Tenerife and always a candidate to finish in the final or win the whole thing, I think Tenerife will advance. And I think that Sassari could even book the second place from Group A and Galatasaray could be gone. I don't know about that. <laughs> that last <Yeah>. one. <laughs> Again, I mean, every, just, you know, like we said, we, we, that's what it's all it's, it's fun about. So, um, exactly. I mean, I don't, I don't think Galatasaray are a bad team. I mean, they're an excellent team, and I'm looking forward to seeing them. But Sassari enjoy this kind of a role. Like they, they want to be the underdog. They want to be the team that you kind of forget about, and then they destroy you with ten thousand triples in one game. So I'm not counting them, counting them out anyway. I'm I'm gonna say that two teams from the final eight will not make the uh, will not make the top sixteen. And okay, so Nimbuk is one, obviously. Nimbuk is one. And yeah. and the other one is Ostend. Oh. Okay. That, okay. Uh, oh, I see. And then and then so so sorry I think we'll 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 will not make it as well. And then uh, I think Bamberg. Uh, that's too early for for them. They're not um, they're not quite there. They, they'll be they'll. I mean, but I don't. See their like their project is their project is is good. And they have a good you know uh, Reuters who came over from Göttingen. He he you know turned that. That, that program around and and with no money and and you know Bomberg don't have the money that they had um, but you know it's not it's not a team it's not a club that is is poor and and they'll you know once they start you know start having some success um, they'll you know they'll put put in some money into that league so, yeah, into that but, team so but even even if they don't advance I don't see it like a big shocker because they got three really high quality teams right. in their group it's not like Ike not advancing with uh, I don't know who, but I basically wouldn't be surprised if Bamberg drop out, but still kind of think they can finish three and three. All right, let's move on to stat stuffer. Uh, let's just give um, you know one player you think will lead the league in in a stat. Uh, I got all kinds of stats. <laughs> I have I have a couple too. So go ahead, just just gonna, gonna name it, like yeah. Top scorer of the league will be somebody from a Turkish team. 
and probably somebody from Kashiaka because they got uh, Sek Henry, DJ Kennedy, and Tony Taylor on the same team. So basically, that's either one of those guys could average 20 plus. And you got Andrew Andrews, the guy you mentioned with the coolest name ever. Mm-hmm. So he could also go because he averaged 20 something in Turkey last season. So he's got a habit of scoring, and this league kind of loves the score first guards so one of the guys from turkish team is going to lead the scoring for the rebounding i'm going to go with probably the shortest guy we've ever had to win that kind of uh, thing because it's bonzi colson from strasbourg he Mm -hmm. played in notre dame was basically the first uh, guy under six seven to lead the rebounding in his division so He's kind of like he. Everybody says he plays with a chip on his shoulder because he wasn't tall enough to play center, and so basically he's a beast when it comes to stretching the floor. But he's an even bigger beast for Strasbourg under the rims. For the assists, are you kind of wrong, man? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't have any surprises. Assists is gonna go with Cuertas or Fittipaldo or Cook, oh, yeah. the usual suspects. For steals, same thing. Uh, Axel Julien is in the league. Basically, he can average three-plus steals per game this season. And for the blocks, uh, the same thing that uh, I said about the scoring being the Turkish team, um, blocks will be- belong to Bilbao because uh, it's going to be either Kingsley Moses or Andre Balvin. Someone, one of those two is going to lead the league in blocks. Probably, maybe even both of them. <laughs> That's about it. Again, All right. Even the three, I, even, I was even ready for the three pointers because I have Nicolas Lang from Liverpool. Ah, Shoot. you stole me. You stole, yeah. Well, I have, I have, I have, I have either, I have either somebody from Ritas because they have so many yeah. shooters, or, or, yeah. or Lang because he's eighteen of thirty-two, so fifty-six percent exactly. in four games. Yeah. So. And then you have Philip Kruslin of Sassari, a newcomer from Croatia, and he over the first three games he went eight of fourteen, which is fifty-seven percent. So yeah. <laughs> he probably. Catch and shoot, probably the best one in the business. So one of them could lead the three point stats. Uh, I I I put uh, assist, and actually I didn't even I didn't even think of of Marcelino. I and uh, and because I think uh, I, I kind of like Cholet, and, and I kind of think Mike uh, I think Stockton might uh, might lead yeah. the league. Uh, but I mean that, that I don't I mean Huertas is going to be really offended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I, I he, for some reason uh, probably because I didn't take many notes because we had just watched them uh, they yeah. they kind of right. slipped my mind. Um, exactly. I do have I do have a player that I think is going to uh, register a triple double, and that's Ethan Happ. Um, he had two triple doubles when he was at Wisconsin, and in the in the preseason Supercopa, he had 26, 8, and 7 in one game, and 15, 12, and 6, and then he also had a game uh, with 13, 12, and 8. So I'm going to say that, that Ethan that Happ is uh, going to register the next triple double in the in the basketball Champions I, League. I was thinking about using that one for Bonzi. Colson because he had a game of uh, six assists with a double-double in points and rebounds in France already. So if you get six assists in France, it's like getting 15 assists in in Italy (laughs) or something like that. So he could be a triple-double threat. Okay, uh, see you soon. Uh, A player from one of these teams that will be eliminated and we we will see on another team in the top 16. You want me to go first? I think we have the the same guy, but go. Wow, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who you have. I'm I'm gonna say even though even though uh, Ethan Happ played with 
um, uh, Mayo Sakati at Cremona last season. Um, I'm going to say that Bologna are going to get eliminated and somebody is going to pick him up. Um, and um, I kind of want to give my second name now too, but I'm going to wait and actually give and let you give yours. Okay, so if we both have Nimburg not advancing, then we got uh, Jerick Harding moving on because ah yeah Harding I didn't I didn't think him but yeah that's true he's a he's a, a like a rookie in Europe and he already showed that he can score in bunches he's got a mean left hand and if you're a guy who led the scoring in Weber State and overtook guys like Damian Lillard and Jeremy Sanglin then you obviously know how to play and how to score and that's kind of a guy who could drop out and be picked up by Ike. I'm going to, my other name, and it all goes back to back and bears as we've already kind of talked about. It always does. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go QJ Peterson. Um, and people might not know him that well, six foot point guard uh, in Ukraine last season, he was first in scoring second assist, first in seals, shot 38% from three-point range. And despite seeing it being a six-foot point guard, he was fifth in rebounds in Ukraine. Um, so I'm going to say Bakken Bears are going to be eliminated, but we are going to have the joy of watching Q.J. Peterson somewhere else. Excellent. A great name. Yeah, another great name. Last, 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 uh, last section of, of overtime. Uh, who... who is uh, maybe under the under the radar which player do you think will reach the uh, will be named to the all-star lineup the all-tournament team the uh, the top five star of the competition lineup. the star lineup let's go with that one uh i gotta i already said that i'm expecting falco to advance somebody mm -hmm. to advance to the next round that i got zoltan Perl as their leading man to be selected the Wojtek Hruban of 2021 basically do the same thing that Hruban did for Nimburg this season. He's going to do it for Falco next season. So I got Zoltan Perl in the All-Star 5. Sweet, sweet. Nice pick. Um, yeah. Bold prediction, I'm really I guess. Proud of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Tony Taylor um, yep. from Kashiaka. I think that they'll go far. I like that team a lot. Uh, and uh, and so, you know, just the, the, the winning uh, sort of pedigree that he has and I think he's going to um, – it, it won't happen, but uh, let's go with uh, Tony Taylor from Kashiaka. Yeah, and he's got a um, cool tone handle on Twitter and Instagram or somewhere. So if he's so cool, he'll probably end up winning everything. Yes. All right. Uh, let, let's uh, let's finish off the, the preview with rapid fire. Uh, let's just give our two teams that will uh, advance from, from each of the groups. Okay. Um, go ahead. You start. Group A. Uh, group A, Tenerife and Sassari. All right, I have Galatasaray and uh, and Tenerife. Uh, group B, I have Tofas and Dijon. Same. Okay, Group C, we have Ike and Cholet. Same. <laughs> uh, group D, Saragossa and Nizni. Mm, Zaragoza and Falco for me. Yeah. That's okay. Um... Group E, I have Strasbourg and Ritas. And group F, I got, let you go. Sorry. Uh, Bilbao and Karciaka. Same. So, now your turn again. Uh, I've got Jerusalem and Turk Telecom. From Sorry, Limoges. From, from group, yeah, me too. Sorry about uh, 
Uh, sorry about uh, that to Lamarge as well. In Group F, I have Dashafaka and Burgos. Me too, but going back to Group A, not picking Galatasaray, that probably means with my track record of predictions and bold predictions, <laughs> that probably means Galatasaray are the winners of the 2021 Basketball Champions League. So, so, but you don't think Ostende will, Osten will, will get through then? Even though you talked them up. Uh, yeah, I want to see them, but kind of thinking about it, uh, I don't think they're, they're, they can make it a game, but I think these two are stronger than Ostende right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Um, let's move to the interview. We, we had a chance to talk to the CEO of the Basketball Champions League, Patrick Comunos, kind of wrapped up the 2019-20 season with the final eight and looked ahead to the 2020-21 season. Uh, so here's uh, here's the chat with Patrick Caminos, and we'll catch you on the other side of that. All right. So on the show this week, we have Patrick Caminos, the CEO of the Basketball Champions League. Patrick, uh, welcome back to the show. It's a pleasure to be back uh, in view of uh, the upcoming season and uh, everything that's been going on in, in, in our basketball environment. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Um, I guess a little bit uh, review and also looking forward. Let, let's let's start uh, with usually the end of the season is is uh, a little bit more distant, uh, where we can kind of focus more on uh, more on the future. Uh, but since it really the end of the season, really the 2019-20 season just ended uh, really a matter of days ago. Uh, let, let's go back and look at it. Um, uh, you know, we just had the the the, the 2020 champions crown Hereda San Pablo Burgos. Um, you know, there were limited fan, uh, limited media, no fans there. Obviously, the situation uh, called for that. Uh, maybe just your thoughts about how the competition went in terms of organization, also the competition level of the clubs. Really, despite some teams really not even playing many games at all. Um, as opposed to usually being at the end of the season, maybe just your 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 review now a couple of days uh, re- re- removed from it uh, of the final eight, the conclusion of the season. Uh, sure. Uh, look, we took this decision to host the end of season tournament already back in March, uh, as you recall. Uh, FIBA uh, suspended all international competitions on the 12th, 13th uh, of March. And a couple of weeks later, 30th of March, uh, the board of the Basketball Champions League took the decision to uh, hold uh, the end of season tournament on the specific dates in in late September, early October. At that time, uh, this, as I've said many times, was uh, probably... Uh, uh, the best worst idea that uh, uh, that we could uh, envisage uh, in terms of fulfilling our priority and our commitment to the clubs, which is uh, to have end of season uh, concluded and to have the crowning of a champion. I think uh, all competitions uh, start with with the main interest, which is uh, to give the clubs the opportunities to fight uh, uh, for the ultimate trophy. And and we feel very responsible in that manner. And, uh, and we're very happy that we took this decision uh, because although at that time it did seem a little bit... Um, unorthodox, for lack of a better word, uh, to, to plan the conclusion of a season that, as you rightly said, is usually scheduled for early May to do that in early October. But 
in retrospect, I think it was the right decision. And uh, uh, the feedback that we have received from all clubs that participated, but also from the marketplace in general, has been uh, extremely positive. I think everybody uh, was eager to see high-level basketball, to see competitive games, uh, to see the uh, opportunity that clubs would have uh, to uh, take home the trophy and the relevant prize money. So um, uh, we believe that, uh, again, this was uh, a decision that was not easy, but in the end, uh, as I've always said, we don't necessarily take the easy decisions, we take the correct decisions. Um, and with this in mind, we, we are very happy uh, with the outcome. Uh, what we saw in the build-up to the final eight was that teams became extremely engaged and excited uh, to play in that competition. You know, at the end of the day, it was a, a tournament where three victories uh, over the course of, of uh, a few days would uh, allow a club to win the trophy. So uh, there was a level of, of high intensity, high preparation, uh, even clubs that did uh, transfers specifically for that event. So the level of competition was probably one of the highest, if not the highest, we have had in our end-of-year uh, tournament. So once I think everyone digested the fact that this was uh, the only solution and it was uh, at the end a, a welcoming solution by everyone that, that wanted to be crowned uh, champions of the Basketball Champions League for 2019-2020, everyone focused on, uh, on the execution and the delivery. And uh, uh, once again, I've said this before, uh, great thanks go uh, not only to our hosts uh, in Greece that did a, a superb effort in organizing the event, but uh, to the eight clubs that uh, did participate in the competition. Uh, they did it in a, in a very sporting manner and at the end uh, in, in a great respectful manner uh, towards all the difficult protocols that we had put in place. We have just received all confirmations that uh, everyone that left Athens um, did not have a single uh, COVID-19 positive uh, result, which of course in today's world goes hand in hand with uh, uh, organizational success. So overall, as I said, uh, we feel that this was um, uh, uh, an event that allowed us to uh, uh, make the next step forward to continue in our own growth uh, as a competition. Let's, let's not forget, it's only our fourth season, so we are still making baby steps. But uh, uh, we look back at the final eight with, with great pride, great pleasure um, in, uh, in what was delivered. And of course, uh, in another uh, fantastic story that uh, goes uh, uh, hand in hand with our own DNA, which is seeing a team uh, that entered the competition in the qualification rounds go all the way to the very top and, and lift the trophy. So for us, this was, uh, this was a unique event. Uh, in many, many aspects, but uh, at the end, it was exceptional for, for all the right ones. Um, you mentioned uh, fourth, fourth champion and also uh, uh, baby uh, steps. Um, this is the second time a, a team from the Spanish SAB have, have won the title, Iberostar Tenerife, obviously being the other one. 
Uh, Burgos is really an infant club when it comes uh, when it when it comes to uh, professional basketball. Really, just uh, um, you know, half decade ago, they were you know not even you know really doing much uh, in the upper levels, whatnot. Um, maybe just talk about you know you mentioned they they went through the qualifiers. Maybe and and you know you've had interaction with them. Uh, over the entire season and in the off season, when they were talking about coming into the league, maybe just kind of wrapping up the the 1920 season. Your thoughts about that program, um, and and then also maybe how it can let's even word let's even use the word inspire other clubs from throughout Europe to. Uh, to go that same route and 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 how that can also lead to major success. Well, I agree with you that it is um, uh, highlighting, um, as I said before, our philosophy and, and our DNA. Um, small anecdote here: uh, back in May uh, 2019, uh, I was in Madrid for the UEFA Champions League final, uh, and. Uh, uh, we organized a visit uh, by the president and uh, and the GM of Burgos to come to Madrid uh, to meet and, and to talk. And, and you know, I, I always enjoy these discussions and I always say the same uh, um, uh, concept to the clubs that uh, as long as you perform well at your domestic competition, there is a place for you uh, in the in the basketball champions league. And, and at the time, uh, I could already see that this was a, a club that had an ambition that represents an entire city, an entire region. There is no football uh, club in Burgos, so everybody has embraced this basketball project in this very unique uh, arena that uh, used to be uh, a bullfighting arena converted now into into a basketball arena uh, where they have the record attendance in the ACB uh, two years in a row with with more than 9,000 fans uh, in every game. So it was certainly a a very uh, uh, interesting, engaging story. But as I said to Felix Sanchez, the, the president of the club, at the end of the day, it for us, it's all about the results on the court. It's not uh, your average attendance. It's not your great arena. These are uh, additional assets. But what will get you into the BCL is the success in, in the ACB. And uh, they went back. They performed well enough uh, in the ACB uh, competition to earn a place in the qualification round. And then they started in the qualification round. And uh, uh, interestingly enough, uh, their game against Kiev in the qualification round and the start of the final eight, which they won, went on to win, were 365 days apart. So that was really uh, a one-year project uh, for them. And, uh, and at the end, they came on uh, at the very top. And I think you're right to say that this um, serves as an inspiration. Uh, and we have seen the results of this uh, inspiration. To, to put this into context, you mentioned Iberostar Tenerife, our, our first winners uh, back in 2017. Uh, uh, here, uh, worth noting that in that season, the first inaugural BCL season, 2016-2017, Tenerife was the only Spanish club that registered to play in the Basketball Champions League. Last year, we had eight Spanish clubs registering for five, for four positions. So again, 
these stories do serve as as inspirations. These stories do motivate clubs, uh, and uh, and they understand that the BCL offers this. Uh, uh, approach whereby they can control their own destiny as long as they perform well uh, in the Aceves. So uh, stories like that of Tenerife or of Burgos certainly uh, uh, do serve to motivate or to demonstrate uh, to the clubs that uh, that everything is possible. We are now entering our fifth season of the competition and we have had uh, more than 130 different clubs registering uh, for the Basketball Champions League uh, from uh, all across Europe. In the upcoming season, season five, we have a record participants from 18 different countries. Uh, and when you see the champions of Denmark or the champions of Cyprus uh, entering a top-level international competition, they do it because, first of all, uh, the competition allows them uh, to do so, and secondly, because they have seen the benefits uh, of playing in such a competition. So for us, this goes, as I said before, hand in hand with our philosophy, which is to grow uh, basketball uh, across Europe to support all the leagues and all the clubs because basketball uh, is not played by, by uh, a dozen clubs around Europe. It's played by more than 800 clubs around Europe and all of these clubs need to find a forum for a top level competition to, to participate in. And, uh, and we take immense pleasure uh, in, in having these discussions with these clubs and having the, the participants that we do have. You mentioned, you mentioned the, 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 the eight teams from the ACB. You know, any competition likes to have big names. We have uh, Ritos Vilnius, uh, Dasha Faka, and uh, uh, Retabet Bilbao are coming into the competition new this season. A couple of years back, we had Hapo Jerusalem and, and, and Broza Bamberg uh, as, as new clubs in the competition. Um, maybe just, you know, you mentioned 18 countries uh, involved among the 32 teams. With, with more and more attention, more and more, uh, more and more interest, maybe talk about the challenges of of maintaining one of the one of the one of the traditional concepts of the league which was was selecting teams on a sporting criteria um, and yet trying to create a as as attractive product as possible um, and 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 bring in and and then at the same time keep it as diverse uh, continent wise um, a, a product as possible talk about the challenges um, in all of that regard? No, I mean, I think this is a very uh, uh, fair approach. Uh, we do have to balance uh, um, our core principles, which uh, remain unchanged, which uh, are linked to the success in the domestic competition, but with our commitment to continue growing the competition and offering all the participating clubs uh, the best conditions. So you, you mentioned uh, a, a number of clubs that have joined us uh, over the last years, I would also add clubs like Galatasaray that uh, that represent a significant uh, fan base. They were playing in the Euroleague a, a few seasons ago, along with with everybody else that that you rightly mentioned. Um, so for us, uh, it is all about maintaining this balance. These clubs uh, will continue to play in the Basketball Champions League as long as they continue to perform. Uh, uh, successfully in their domestic 
competitions. You have seen this with Hapoel, you have seen this with Brose Bamberg. Uh, they are continuing uh, to benefit from participation in the Basketball Champions League because they continue to, to earn this and to deserve this. So this remains unchanged. We're not going to um, uh, uh, register a team that has not earned the right to do so uh, on the court. So that, that remains unchanged. But uh, I believe that uh, as our competition grows, as our fan base grows, as our social media and digital uh, footprint grows, uh, more and more clubs are realizing that this is a competition that allows them uh, to participate at the top level, to earn uh, not just uh, uh, the trophy, but a significant prize money. Uh, and therefore, they are making uh, their selection or their choice to come into the into the Basketball Champions League. And, and that, for us, remains uh, as important as the fact that uh, we do have this diversity and we do have this um, uh, penetration into uh, so many different European uh, countries. Because at the end of the day, when we call ourselves uh, a truly pan-European competition, we cannot do that uh, by focusing on just the six to eight uh, uh, markets that constitute, let's say, the most significant markets uh, in Europe. If we want to grow the sport, if we want to grow the market share, uh, we need to be visible uh, in Cyprus. We need to be visible in, in Denmark the same way that having been visible uh, in the Czech Republic or in Poland uh, over the last years has allowed basketball to grow uh, in those two countries. And uh, again, it's not obviously entirely linked to the Basketball Champions League, but the fact that the Czech Republic was, uh, was such a successful story at the FIBA World Cup uh, in China, uh, mainly based on players that uh, have played for, for the Basketball Champions League via uh, Czech Nimburg uh, over the last years, is indicative of our collective uh, effort. So for us, it is essential um, to, to give opportunity to as many teams and as many countries to be represented in the Basketball Champions League, albeit while maintaining the, the top-level competitiveness and the attractiveness to uh, some of Europe's best clubs. Obviously, we have a global pandemic uh, still ongoing and not and, and no solution in the foreseeable future um, at the at the press conference the or the media roundtable at the final eight there was a question posed to you um, as far as having a plan B if if um, uh, if the BCL has a plan B you mentioned that the plan B has is, is has already kind of been implemented with the change of the format of the regular season instead of uh, f uh, four groups of eight teams. There are now eight groups of four teams, uh, cutting the uh, amount of team amount of travel that the that the teams have to play. The, the number of games uh, have been cut from two from two twenty four uh, to ninety six, um, allowing for more time in between. Also, um, th so th the plan B is already there. Maybe just talk about the 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 thought process that went into that plan B um and and let, let's 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 stick with that first then and then I'll ask the next question so maybe just talk about the implementation implementation of that plan of that plan B clear um look we are basing our our approach uh during this very unique 
situation and impacted by COVID-19 out of one principle, which is uh, it's not essential to just start the competition. It is essential to conclude it. And as we saw with the 2019-2020 season, our focus and our commitment went to concluding the season and to crown uh, the champions uh, uh, topic on which we recently discussed. So um, we approached the new season 2020-2021 in a similar manner. What can we do to safeguard that the season not just starts, because everybody will start the season. Uh, we see European uh, competitions in all sports starting uh, uh, around this period of, of the year. Uh, the challenge for us and, and aware of what the pandemic uh, uh, conditions impose was and is and remains to conclude the season. All the information that we've had from uh, our medical experts uh, collaborating with the World Health Organization is that over the next uh, three months uh, until probably January, the situation um, in, in Europe is not going to get much better when it comes to, to COVID-19. Uh, this is due to a number of factors, uh, the cold winter in the Northern Hemisphere, the mutation of the virus. I'm not going to go into, into all these elaborate uh, medical uh, terms, but the information we've had is that the upcoming months do not look easy. Uh, so for us, because these months of October, November, December uh, did uh, involve a considerable number of games, uh, as, as you rightly mentioned, we have uh, in principle 224 games uh, in the regular season, which means 16 games played on a regular weekly basis. Uh, continuing uh, from mid-October until until late January. Uh, and we were aware that this is a significant volume of games that uh, do not allow us for any breathing space, do not allow us for um, any changes, any adjustments. Uh, and because we want, at the end of the day, to give the clubs the opportunity to play the games on the court, not to have uh, uh, to take decisions by the judges about the outcome uh, of a game. We believe that uh, in an ideal world, uh, all the teams should have uh, a fair opportunity to compete uh, on the court. Uh, and we were aware that to do that with 16 games uh, uh, on 14 consecutive weeks would create enormous challenges. So we took a step back uh, into our plan B, which was already in place uh, from the July draw onwards, but obviously sitting in the drawer. But we put that in place and, and now we have announced and, and adjusted accordingly, whereby uh, we have now moved to eight games uh, a week uh, instead of 16 and where uh, the teams play effectively on alternate weeks. This in practice means that if for whatever reason, whether this is uh, a, a high number of positive COVID tests in one club or whether it is uh, restrictions uh, that do not allow travel, we do have the flexibility to reschedule uh, a game. Uh, and that at the end is the only way that we felt comfortable in uh, delivering uh, a full uh, uh, and, and competitive regular season. Uh, we discussed this with all the clubs, uh, literally with all 32 of them, and, and everyone appreciated uh, the challenge and embraced uh, the effort because at the end, 
clubs also realize uh, what a challenge it is in today's world to have to do uh, continuous travel, to have to organize events uh, under these strict protocols. So it gave everyone uh, some breathing space. And of course, when we confirmed to the clubs that uh, the financial gains, the prize money would not be impacted uh, during this upcoming season, then of course, uh, everyone felt very comfortable uh, in uh, accepting uh, this this new format, which uh, uh, you know uh, should uh, start uh, next week, next Tuesday, uh, again, uh, with the only aim being uh, to be able to reach the conclusion uh, of the season in in a sporting and balanced manner. Okay, so just to kind of um, understand, obviously it's not quite a plan C, but it's kind of a, a planned into plan B. Um, you mentioned breathing space and flexibility for possible changes and adjustments. Um, are is the is the possibility uh, uh, of of rescheduling um, in case in cases where uh, where teams have have too many COVID uh, uh, cases. Um, in, instead of maybe 20 to zero abandoned games, is, is that, is, is building in that sort of, uh, um, space that's, that's really the, um, that, that's, that's, the philosophy. that's the philosophy. And, and then you're, we're basically going to see how that works out. Um, in, in, in cases where, you know, this, that, that's one of the things about a pan-European competition is that you have a lot, obviously, so many different countries with so many different climates and everything else. One country may be in, may, may go into lockdown. Another one, you know, can still have, you know, fans in the stands and whatnot. Um, and, and, and then is there a plan C? I mean, I don't even know if what, what, how, what you can, you know, what's the next step in this? Is that something that's already being looked at? Are you, are, are you guys already trying to play out scenarios where, you know, let's say this happens, this happens. Is that, is that something that's already in, uh, in the works? Well, I think uh, what we have demonstrated uh, over the last months, starting from, you know, the decision to hold the final eight is that we are constantly uh, uh, examining our options and our alternatives, not necessarily taking, as I said, you know, the easy or simple way, but taking what we believe is the correct, uh, correct approach. Uh, so you're absolutely correct, David. We are constantly uh, examining the situation and uh, Rightly so, when it came to the regular season, we did not want uh, uh, to force clubs to either have to field a, a very weak team uh, or have to lose a game by forfeit, by 20-0. By so we now give the options to the clubs uh, that if they have a, a certain number of, of uh, unavailable players due to COVID, they may uh, ask for a rescheduling of the game. Uh, but because we do have this breathing space, because we do have uh, vacant dates, uh, we can reschedule these games. And at the end, uh, all the teams should be able to, to play uh, all their games uh, on the court and not have to worry uh, about uh, having to defend their case before uh, a judge. So for us, this has been uh, essential in our uh, thinking process, how to make sure that uh, all the games are played. But of course, uh, I, I would not call it necessarily a plan C because right now everything is so dynamic within this plan B itself. Mm -hmm. What we are uh, already looking at is, is different 
uh, approaches and different concepts regarding the top 16 um, that is scheduled to start in March uh, in view of providing, again, uh, the best level of competitiveness, uh, providing content to our partners and providing a very fair and transparent competition. So it is true we are working uh, um, regularly, uh, almost on a daily basis, uh, trying to find the best solutions in uh, offering, uh, at the end of the day, the, to the clubs the best possible conditions, because this is our commitment to the clubs. <clears throat> I always say this from, from here one onwards. This is a competition that is organized by the clubs. Uh, indirectly, of course, because the leagues are the shareholders, but it is organized by the clubs for the clubs. So everything we do, every decision we take, every uh, approach uh, uh, we examine is linked uh, to how we can offer the best conditions to the clubs. And, and we feel that so far uh, the clubs appreciate this. And again, the impact and, and interest that uh, BCL is generating, I think, is, is testament to that. Uh, last last question, um, last topic, we'll call it that. Um, uh, you mentioned from year one onwards, you mentioned the first three years was kind of to establish a credibility of the league. And at the fourth, uh, the fourth year, you know, the, the direction was to find uh, investment partners to kind of take it to the next level. And now you kind of want to solidify the position, generate value and set up top conditions for the club, which you also just mentioned. Um, and also at the same time, keep the, uh, the financial compensation for, for, for winning, uh, at the same level. Um, maybe just talk about the, the future, uh, we don't, I, I, at the, at the, at the press con at the media round table at the final eight, there were there, you know, they were asking, uh, you about five years in advance. You don't have to go five years, five years in advance, but just whatever next couple of years, the next steps, um, and then also how the lessons we've learned from COVID and the implications of COVID and, you know, whenever this may be resolved, how, um, how that may have changed um, the direction uh, or the, 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 the concept, the idea of, of uh, where you want to go now with this league. Yes, <clears throat> um, I, as you rightly described, this is, um, you know, part of a of a, a strategic planning that that we have put in place. We obviously started the competition uh, aware that it is a marathon; uh, it is not a sprint, and therefore there will be a lot of, of steps that have to be uh, taken at uh, at a regular pace. So. Um, exactly as you said, first three years was all about building the brand, establishing the credibility of the competition, demonstrating to the marketplace uh, our uh, our commitment and uh, the respect that we have towards our core values. And uh, and uh, you you remember that for the first three years, uh, all my. Uh, um, Comments were always linked to, to our sport values, about sporting principles, about pan-European uh, inclusion. And I think uh, it was important to demonstrate that these were not just, just fancy words, that this was part uh, of, uh, uh, of a greater philosophy. And as rightly pointed out, the aim was that as of season four, we would go out into the market, find a, 
uh, a partner uh, that would uh, help us uh, go to that next level. And, and we have done this. Uh, we are extremely pleased with the collaboration with uh, uh, our good friends uh, at GCBH, uh, uh, unfortunately uh, unavailable to travel to visit us in the final eight, uh, but uh, uh, continuously working with them uh, in, in order to uh, to see uh, what the best approach uh, is in terms of growing the competition. And uh, uh, right now, our focus is on uh, continuing uh, to grow, on continuing to offer to our clubs the best possible conditions, uh, on increasing the, the market share, not just for the Basketball Champions League clubs, but for European clubs in basketball in general. Uh, you've heard me say this many, many times. Uh, the commercial value of, of club basketball in Europe is uh, uh, very disproportionate to the popularity uh, of the sport in Europe. So we need to find uh, the right ways, the right approach uh, to bridge that, uh, that gap uh, between a very high popularity and, a, and a, in my eyes, very low uh, market share. So uh, we are working in this direction. We are trying to find the best ways to uh, consolidate our position and uh, to continue to grow. It's not um, uh, a path that is uh, uh, that is simple or straightforward. We acknowledge that the European landscape is a very complex one, uh, but uh, uh, with every decision that we take, with every move uh, and every action that we make, uh, we believe that we demonstrate uh, our commitment and our uh, effort in, in supporting the clubs, uh, in supporting the leagues. Let's not forget they are uh, key shareholders uh, in this approach and the collaboration we have with all the leagues uh, and with ULEB, uh, who represents uh, all the leagues, and, and with Thomas van der Spiegel, their, their newly re-elected president, uh, is, is a very good and productive one. Uh, so we feel that uh, um, over the next years, uh, we will continue to be um, uh, producing uh, games uh, of a very high competitive level. We will continue to offer clubs uh, ideal conditions in, in which to participate, to continue to support the clubs, to work closely with them for their own growth and development. And if there is one learning from uh, COVID-19 is that uh, the clubs do require and do welcome uh, the sort of support that uh, the world governing body uh, of FIBA and its club competition, uh, the Basketball Champions League, can offer to these clubs uh, during this, this very unique period of crisis. Uh, you remember uh, the sort of directives that came out of, of uh, BAT, the sort of uh, uh, information that we are sharing with all the clubs, the sort of adjustments that we are making uh, to our competition. All of these decisions are uh, focused on one point only, which is support the clubs in their path to, uh, to developing. All right, fantastic. We've uh, we've wrapped up the 2019-20 season and already are looking forward to 20. We don't have to wait very long for 2020-21. That's one of the positives, I guess, if you will, of, of having such a late final eight. You know, not a very long off season. We can get right into the next season. So um, just uh, thank you very much for taking so much time out of your busy schedule. Again, that, that uh, this was Patrick Comninos, the CEO of the Basketball Champions League. Patrick, thanks for coming on the show again. Thank you very much, David, and wishing everyone a great start to the new season. Okay. 
Um, all right. So uh, thank you again to uh, to the boss for coming on. Um, I guess to kind of close off, let's just, um, why don't you just maybe say what your, maybe a couple of things, you know, we talked about so much already, just one or two things that you're, you know, you're really looking forward to, uh, now that this season is, is, is ready. I'm just looking forward to basketball to start and to have a new competition going from zero and everybody has a chance to win it. Like it's going to be exciting. And I know that the teams are a lot of teams can't wait to get going because of the longest breaks in their careers, which happened during this pandemic. So just let's get it started already and let's enjoy basketball all over Europe. Totally agree. Um, and, and one of the things that I am really looking forward to most is that there's only eight games per week. I know everybody loves to see their team every week. But as someone who follows a lot of European basketball, this just would give uh, give the fans of, of European basketball in general to concentrate that much more on more of the BCL. And I think that's going to be a good thing. And the thing is that, you know, when you got teams playing um, not so much games, not, not traveling as much as before, can basically allow them to perform better because mm-hmm. – if you look at the final eight, the level of basketball was really good. If you look at the NBA and the level of basketball since they started their bubble, it was probably above average. So it's kind of it could be really good basketball. We could see we seen some really good basketball this season because of the longer breaks between the games. All right, Igor, uh, let people know how how they can get and follow you on social uh, media. Yeah, just follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm using my own name. I'm not that creative. So it's basically at Igor Churkovich. C-U-R-K-O-V-I-C. There you okay. go. Okay. I'm at High News, H-E-I-N-N-E-W-S. Uh, follow the Basketball Champions League on Twitter and Instagram at basketball, uh, basketball CL. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, go get the mobile app. The, uh, the way you can get in contact with us is info at championsleague.basketball obviously you can also send questions uh, through Twitter or Instagram the website is championsleague.basketball and all of the games starting to, starting with Tofas against Nimburg on October 20th Tuesday uh, 1800 CET all the games will be on live basketball TV Igor it's been fun look forward to uh, to the to a season with you on board and uh, we'll talk to you then after the first half of the first game day. So talk to you next week. Thanks, Dave.